Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is August 27, 2019. We are entering the home stretch of the NFL preseason. My name is Michael Nazarek, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, a very experienced fantasy writer and Colts correspondent, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Well, well, better than a lot of the Colts fans probably, as, as everyone knows. But, uh, boy, it's been a week, I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> a lot of action going on, and we're going to talk about a lot of it tonight. But other than that, I can't say that I'm doing bad at all. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's our, our draft strategy uh, show, uh, kind of a, a bonus extra preseason show that comes uh, after the Sleeper Creeper show before we start getting to, to the down the nitty-gritty of the week one preview, which will be next week. Anyway, before we go any further, I want to uh, tell everybody, uh, please check out uh, our preseason sponsor of our show here, uh, the Sleeper app. Uh, you want to download this, this app uh, uh, on your phone. It's absolutely free. You can play uh, fantasy football with your friends, your buddies, your coworkers. Uh, you can beat up on people on it. Yeah, <laughs> fantasy football. It's the top user-rated fantasy app, and it is a top 15 sports app, and it has infinite customization, and dark night mode is coming, and it is a better overall design app, the Sleeper app. Check that out on your phone. And also we want to let every, make everyone aware uh, that the time is growing really short if you want to get in on high-stakes fantasy football here in Las Vegas or online Check out myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. They have uh, leagues that start as cheap as 35 bucks, go all the way up uh, 77, 150, 250, 500, 5,000, all the way up to the main event of $1,800 to enter. Yes, a lot of money, people, but the, on the line, the top prize this year has grown from 300 to $500,000, and yours truly has three teams in that main event. I'm going to be drafting two drafts next. Next Friday, not this Friday, next Friday after the kickoff game on Thursday, live in the play Hollywood Resort here on the, on the Strip, uh, Friday night at 6 p.m. and also 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. And I'm going to be drafting my third main event team online Saturday afternoon. Lots of good stuff there. And uh, because people have been asking about it, they want to check out the services and such, maybe they want to save a few bucks or whatever, and I was like, okay, anything for my uh, my listeners here or listeners here. We are offering you a six-star discount code to use if you want to check out the premium Super Bowl package. That's everything, all of our services online, normally $57.95. If you use the following code, EDGESB. 
6. That's E-D-G-E-S-B is in Super Bowl 6. You'll get 6 bucks off, and it'll, it'll, it's a 10, 10% off discount down to $51.95 to check out everything that we do. We've been online for 24 years. I make my living doing this. I, 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 uh, I just, it's like a mastermind family. Chris Rito's been, uh, been, we've been working together, what, how many years? I mean, um, more than 20, isn't it? I think it's right around 20 right now for you and I, yeah. Yep, and the site's been online 24. So uh, just about everybody that's, that, that I'm continuing to work with, this long-term relationship, at least 10-plus years with just about everybody on the site. And, uh, of course, John Holler is our, our number one guy, uh, my right-hand man. Couldn't do the site without him. He's been with me since 1997 when we went pay. So, yes, people, it's, it's been that long. Anyway, let's get right to the NFL uh, camps and news and notes and injury updates. And the first thing is Andrew Luck retired. Chris, what's your first thoughts on that? Wait, Andrew Luck retired? I hadn't heard. Uh, my my first thought is the same as everyone else. Wow, that nobody saw this coming. But you know, as as a, a correspondent for the site and as, as well as a fan my, and a fantasy football player, my first thought is, what does this mean for the fantasy football player? And obviously, as you and I know, you just released an article on your site, which I go into some good detail about what I think is going to happen for all the Colts players for fantasy. But the real key is Jacoby Brissett here. And I think Brissett is actually – he's going to be a solid number two quarterback. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But I think it's a reasonable prediction he's still going to be on pace for somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,400 yards, maybe 20 to 25 touchdowns, which puts him in squarely in that realm of a solid backup, plus a good chance of getting some good rushing totals. And, again, I get, in my article I go into a lot of reasons why I think this is the case. But between what the coaches have said and what Jacoby has said, what Andrew Luck has said, and from what I've seen, I think there's a lot of confidence that he's going to be okay. And I think the, 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 the estimates of the Colts' demise is, have been greatly exaggerated so far. Yeah, we just released that article. You just sent it to me literally like an hour or so ago. We released it in our in our preseason draft guide. Anyone who want to check that out, the guide's only eighteen ninety five. The title of the article is "What to Do When Your Luck Runs Out," and that's so apropos in this situation. But it's more than just a uh, luck and and Brissett. There's Marlon Mack. There's T. Y. Hilton. Devin Funches. Deion Kane. Uh, uh, Chester Rogers. Uh, Eric Ebron. Jack Doyle, who was loving Brissett two years ago. If you take a look at the stats on that, and even Vinny Bumbatsa, Adam Vinichari, you know, is is a by the whole situation. You even talk about the defense in this. So the bottom line is it's a really timely article if you're drafting coming up here in the next couple of days. Uh, this is something you definitely want to check out if you're uh, thinking about uh, subscribing. I think this article alone is, is almost worth the uh, the price of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what does happen with the Colts. I, I, I agree with you in the fact that I don't think they're they're far from dead. It's not going to be a fantasy bonanza, I think, offensively, but they're, they're you pick and choose when to start these guys, and I think that there will be some time that will be useful. Uh, moving on over to the running back position, uh, it's the same uh, thing with Zeke Elliott and Melvin Gordon. Nothing's really happened with Zeke. Uh, you know, they went back and forth. Oh, there's going to be a deal. No, it's not going to be a deal. He's back uh, in Cabo working with the Marshall Falk there. Melvin Gordon's staying away. Doesn't? There's no movement there. Uh, you know, real quick off the top of your head, uh, Chris, I mean, are you moving Zeke down your, your chart here at all out of the first round or two, or are you avoiding him altogether? Uh, I'm not avoiding him altogether by any stretch. In fact, I didn't move him down. I just had my local draft last Sunday, and I took him at number four. Um, I know that a lot of wow. people wouldn't. A lot of people are feel that's a little risky. I still feel very confident they're going to get this done. I mean, Jerry Jones learned what happens when he didn't do this with Emmitt Smith. It cost him two games that year. Now, they still won the Super Bowl, but it cost him two games in the beginning of the year, and I don't think he wants to do that. I think he's going to blink first if, if one of them blinks, and this is going to get done, and he's going to be there week one, and he's going to be ready to go. Marvin, Melvin Gordon. Okay, not, I agree with you there. 
Yeah, Melvin Gordon I'm a little more concerned about because I don't think either side needs each other as much as they seem to think they do. So uh, I don't think that's going to get done. I think he's going to miss games, maybe a lot of games. His best bet for being a fantasy force right off the bat is if some of those wacky conspiracy theories and rumors like him getting traded to Houston uh, kind of pan out. And we'll talk a little bit more about Houston in just a second. But I, I don't see Melvin Gordon as, as having value, and I still see him dropping to the point where you can get him as a running back three or even running back four right now in some drafts. When, 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 for Melvin Gordon, when would you really seriously start consider drafting him five, six, seven, eight round? What round? Kind of depends on what I have earlier. If I have two really lock solid running back one and two, two guys that are bell cows that are three down backs, like maybe I've got, you know, Ezekiel, or not Ezekiel, because that's a risk too, but maybe I've got Alvin Kamara in the first round. I took Joe Mixon in the second round. I think you can justify taking Gordon as your number three in maybe round five because. You don't need him, and if you get him, it's going to be great. If you don't have, if you yep. have one guy and then maybe one more questionable number two, I think you got to wait till, like you said, around maybe around six or seven, till you get either another running back three and make him a four, or till you get so loaded at receiver that you feel good enough about taking that risk with your number three. So it really kind of depends on what you have at the top of your draft, I think. Okay. Uh, of course, the other unfortunate news, uh, and there's always some, one of these here and there in preseason, and it seems like they, oh, there's always a running back or wider series who went down. Julian Edelman went down a, a year or two ago with the torn ACL. Now Lamar Miller is gone. Wow. Uh, Lamar Miller and Dante Foreman, yeah, they were going to battle it out, right? Yeah, Foreman gets hurt, uh, bad practice, he's gone. Uh, Colts pick him up, injury, now he's gone there. Uh, they end up cutting him, giving him an injury settlement. Now Lamar Miller tears his ACL. Fortunately, they traded for Der- uh, for Duke Johnson. Is is he going to start, in your opinion, Chris, or are they going to sign J.J. or somebody else? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think the possibility of a guy like J.J. is, is out there, um, and I, I think it would actually be a good move for them to get a, a guy who can do early down work and save a little wear and tear on Duke Johnson. But really, Duke Johnson can do that, and I think he's – I already had him in a PPR rated as a solid number three back, and I think without – as long as he's still listed as the number one, he moves into the solid number two, like high-end number two area for potential because just adding – 100 carries a year to what he's been doing as a solid pass-catching back is going to make him a really, really good fantasy player. Now, there's a couple of guys that I was thinking about this earlier today. Who else are, is out there that they could just grab, you know, for next to nothing? Jay Ajayi, like you mentioned, is one. Here's a name that most people haven't mentioned. LeGarrette Blunt is out there as a free agent, and that's a classic mm-hmm. two-down back that is going to be no threat to his pass-catching. There's a guy that would really fit nicely at a cheap price into that offense. And then you got guys like maybe the two old guys in Buffalo. You got LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore there. I can see Buffalo parting with Frank Gore, for example, at a really low price if they're if they're you know if they like Devin Singletary, the rookie, and if they and if they're confident that McCoy is still going to be at least a reasonable facsimile of, of what LaShawn McCoy has always been. So there's some options out there in addition to Ajayi, but a guy like that I think is probably going to get brought in at some point. Maybe not by week one, though. So Duke Johnson could be a really good early, early year uh, PPR guy for sure. Well, the Miami Herald just, uh, and this literally broke about 30 minutes ago, and it's all rumors and conjecture and all, but uh, apparently uh, but the, the one thing is not a rumor is that uh, franchise holdout linebacker Jevian Clowney has fired his agent Bus Cook, and uh, and now he's gotten wind that the team, the Texans, want to trade him and uh, you know get him to sign and trade, and so he actually and Miami is the team that's interested in him, and he's actually because he's unsigned talked to the coaches down there to find out what's going on. Apparently, he preferred to either go to Seattle or Philly, 
But uh, they're talking now. The Miami Herald floated both Kenny Stills and Kenyon Drake as possible trade bait people for uh, Devin Clowney. So uh, if this is, I mean, obviously the, the Texans defense would take a hit, but you could slot in um, Kenny Stills as another outside deep threat, uh, you know, with Kiki Huti still uh, nursing a hamstring injury. And, of course, without uh, Lamar Miller, uh, Kenny Drake slips right in there really nice. Uh, of course, he is more of a pass-catching back, too, along with Duke Johnson. But what is your first uh, reaction to that, Chris, if that, if that happens? Well, if it happens, I, I, I think it's a bad move for Houston, quite honestly. You can't replace a guy like Jadavian Clowney, and the guys they're getting – are basically repeats of guys they already have on the roster. Like you said, Drake is more like like a Duke Johnson than a Kalen Ballage would be, for example. You know, if they're getting Kalen Ballage in a trade, a bigger guy, a, a first and second down guy, maybe. And Kenny Stills, I don't see him as being really a whole lot different than being a slower version of Will, slower, healthier version of Will Fuller on the outside. So, yep. yeah, I, that, yep. that trade kind of seems kind of weird to me. I don't think it really helps Houston that much, but maybe if, if he's that big of a problem in the locker room, maybe, but I don't think on the field it helps him that much. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out because I always look at that and I was like, no, no, I don't think this is either a fit either. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, I think the Texans would be smart to, to just, just uh, you know, not not uh, not trade Clowney, keep him this year, and then, you know, possibly trade him then next year if, uh, you know, they don't want to sign him to a long-term deal. But real quickly, uh, one last uh, note uh, before we get to the quick list of injuries here. Rob Gronkowski could unretire. Uh, that was reported. But the bottom line is he said, listen, I want to be clear with my fans. He was talking uh, to, to some people here. Uh, uh, you know, he he went through a lot of pain for a lot of years uh, playing in the NFL, and he said for the first time in like nine years he's he- he's healthy and he doesn't have any pain. He said that uh, you know, so you know maybe leave the door open in terms of maybe six months or the year or two or three years down the road. I'm thinking more like three months. But the bottom line is that he said that I have to then have that drive to come back and play, and for the foreseeable future, I just don't have that. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in October, November. And in one of my drafts, the very last draft pick, I picked Jake Gronkowski <laughs> just to sit him on my on my bench uh, for, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 weeks, see what happens uh, towards the end of the season. And because, and uh, you know, you never know what happens. If he does come back, you've got a lead tight end there uh, on your, on sitting on your benches. You can start during the fantasy playoffs. But And we wish uh, Gronk the best in uh, being a New York Giant fan. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he's out of the league and no longer a Patriot. But, you know, we'll see what happens there. Anyway, let's get right to the quick list of injuries here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with the back. It's a minor thing uh, in, in, in Green Bay. He should play week one. Cam Newton, the big injury with the foot. Uh, he's uh, kind of returned to pseudo-practice working on the side and all, but uh, Ron Rivera said there's no way that he's not going to play in week one. Most of these are good news on injury fronts. Duke Johnson with the hamstring didn't play in week three, and, of course, they need him to be ready. He said he's going to be ready to play week one. Uh, Kenyon Drake returned to practice, you know, with a foot injury on Monday. So, you know, uh, it looks like he's getting ready to, to be able to play week one, whether it's with the Dolphins or Texans or somewhere, somewhere else. Ronald Jones with the knee returned to practice, too. Jerick McKinnon, a 20 ACL, he returned to practice on Tuesday, even though he's wearing a brace for the 49ers. We'll see how that develops. Uh, all this is really good news. Mike Evans with the leg returned to practice. OBJ with the hip returned to team drills. 
Amari Cooper, he's still missing practice, but they're talking it's, it's a minor thing. You know, he's, he's played with this type of injury before and, and produced a thousand yard season, so he's on track to play week one. AJ Green's a guy that's not returning right now. They're saying that returning for week three is his best case scenario. I would expect more of a four or five week absence there. We'll see. Uh, Sterling Shepard is expected to play week one uh, for the for the Giants. Deshaun Jackson recently broke a finger in practice, but he's expected to play week one. Dante Pettis with a groin sack today. Today, Tuesday, and uh, they're they're still trying to kind of find a role for him. He's not going to get cut, okay? And Kyle Shanahan said, hey, listen, this guy's got too much talent, but he needs to show more consistency. They're trying to work him in there. And some of their other receivers like uh, Hurd are, are hurt right now, so they need Pettis to step up. He's not going to play this week, but they need to see more from him in practice. D.K. Metcalf with his knee, well, uh, you know, he may yet play week one. Uh, Pete Carroll's uh, in Seattle is playing coy there. Golete with a concussion. He returned to practice. He would play if he was eligible, but he's out first four weeks suspension. Albert Wilson with a hip in Miami. He's on track to play week one. John Ross with a hamstring in Cincinnati. Expected to play week one. David Moore fractured like out a while, but not on IR. It's a minor thing, but, you know, with both Metcalf and Moore out, that makes Tyler Lockett that much more valuable. We just moved him up our rankings a little bit because of this news here. Moving to tight end real quick, Jimmy Graham with a finger. He's expected to play week one. Jordan Reed, uh, they say, with a concussion, even though it's seventh of the career. He's expected to play week one. And Noah Fant with ankles and minor injury, he's expected to play week one. So we'll be right back with the good stuff after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we want to urge everyone to check out ffmastermind.com. Um, well, of course, we're uh, still pumping out the free NFL quick bits, including all the injury news and those that you need before the season begins. Free Eye in the Sky scanning reports, two a month uh, in August from both of our scouts, uh, from uh, both of our both reports from all of our scouts there for covering the teams that they cover, including two from Chris Rito and the Colts, uh, in addition to his uh, special premium article. Uh, and of course, we are updating our Masters List Customizable Cheat Sheet, our MCP board, and our Executive Draft Master software. We've done, I think, three or four updates since last Thursday. I can't even count. When Luck retired and Lamar Miller shredded his knee, we spent uh, two and a half, three hours uh, updating everything on the site on Saturday night to make sure that people that woke up had accurate information and cheat sheets to take to their draft on Sunday morning. Uh, version 6 of the preseason draft guide has been released. came out last Friday. It's 550 pages. We're going to get close to 600, if not go over 600, with the final update this Friday. Of course, it's 1895. Uh, more new articles coming, including uh, Chris Rito's article, which is posted tonight, and as well as a couple more articles, an article on fantasy, uh, especially rankings and such, uh, coming this Friday. And, of course, our rates, our Pro Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl package is 4795, everything except our executive draft master and Super Bowl package 5795. You use the, the code EDGE SB6. You can get it for 5195. Please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. And here's the drafting strategies show. Okay, Chris, let's cover PPR leagues first. 
Um, why don't we just talk about some of the, 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 the big, most important tips for drafting in PPR, when to target certain players and positions and such, and uh, give me your thoughts. Okay, well, I've got a few thoughts on, on different positions and what a PPR league will generally give you. First thing you want to talk about is quarterbacks. They're devalued more in PPRs because the scoring at the other positions is so much higher. Now not only do they have a small differentiation between most of the, of the starters, but they also don't stand out position-wise as being the high score because now all those pass catchers really get a lot more points. So quarterbacks are devalued even more than they already are this year, knock them down another round or two. High-volume wide receivers that are also touchdown scorers can now be justified as early as the middle of the first round, guys like Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, as compared to later in round one for non-PPRs. But interestingly enough, PPR systems actually uh, they, they reward running backs more than, than guys like receivers and tight ends. Sounds kind of counterintuitive, but because all receivers and tight ends, that's all they do is catch passes, the real differentiation comes from the running backs that also catch, catch passes, and those guys all move up relative to the receivers. So, again, the top receivers still stand out, like I just mentioned, but the middle of the pack guys, like the low-end wide receiver twos on down, they're much more bunched together, and they get devalued relative to each other and relative to running backs. So you can start to think that you're going to have a lot more guys there, so you can maybe push those down in, in the middle rounds a little bit more and make sure you focus on your backup running backs in those middle rounds. A uh, couple of specifics. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Go ahead. Yeah, a couple of specifics. In late rounds, when looking for receivers, I really recommend that you remember the slot receivers on lesser teams. Trailing teams throw a lot against prevent defenses, and in PPRs, these kind of guys can really rack up points. Look at a guy like Terry Quinn on Washington, Cole Beasley on Buffalo. These are the kind of guys late in your draft they are going to outproduce their draft position. Similarly, I like to consider a non-starting or a non-workhorse third down back on your bench. Um, they're always going to get you something and will often be a viable every week starter that you can get later in the draft than what they're really worth. A couple of times they'll move into the top ten. Guys like James White last year, Duke Johnson was close, you know, Theo Riddick in the past. These guys can move up to be low-end number ones, even though you're going to get them as your number three. So I always try to target those kind of guys. And that's really the kind of things I look at as an overall strategy without looking at really specific players right now. Okay. What about the non-PPR? Anything specific for, for those uh, types of leagues? Are we just looking for people that score a lot of touchdowns or what? Uh, that's a little bit of it. Guys that do find the end zone more frequently are now increased in value compared to a PPR, for sure. Uh, High-volume guys that never score, you know, Julio Jones, for example, they actually drop in this scoring system relative to their peers in their same tier because they can't make up that gap by just catching 115 balls or something like Julio does. So, so again, the touchdown scores are important uh, or do get more importance on them as compared to just high-volume guys that don't score. So kind of the, the, the opposite of what I just said in the early round, third-down backs now become very unlikely to be valuable as anything more than a bi-week fill-in because these guys, they're not scoring a lot of touchdowns and not getting credit for catching those passes. Now your bench slots are better suited for handcuffs to your feature back or short yardage backs like maybe Latavius Murray who fits both of those, a guy like LeGarrette Blunt in the recent past. These are the kind of guys that are probably more valuable as bench running backs than pass catchers. Um, a, a top quarterback becomes now a greater asset as the difference-making potential is higher here than in non-PPRs due to the total points scored. I still advise to wait on quarterbacks, but maybe not as long as you would in a PPR league. And then you got things like in the top of the first round, you know, your stud running back theory starts to hold a little bit more weight 
because the top-tier guys are all going to be running backs in most cases. Your top-end wide receivers are now going to be late in round one as compared to possibly moving up into the middle of round one. So the, uh, all the kind of things that I just mentioned for what makes it an increased value in PPR, it's kind of the opposite down here. Okay. Uh, have you got any tips for auction leagues? Uh, I, I do. Uh, the general thing is that it's simple supply and demand economics. So the, the more rare something is, the more you're going to pay for it. So when you get value is when you get other owners to overpay for guys you don't want, and you get your guys at less than you think they're worth. And there's a lot of ways to get to do that. One of the ways is to try and create situations um, by nominating early high-dollar guys that you really don't want or that you believe will cost more than you're willing to pay. So now you throw these guys out and you let them all fight it out and you let somebody spend 40 or 50 or $35 of their salary cap, you know that takes that money out of the pool. Now that's one less competitor for the high-dollar guy you really want. Another thing I like to do is, if, let's say, for example, I have two pretty good receivers that I've already nailed early in the auction. When it comes up to my time to, to nominate a player, I'll then nominate another big high-dollar receiver so it looks like I'm trying to corner the market or now there's a little bit more scarce. Set them into a panic, let people overbid for that, and, again, take the money out of the way. Um, so then I can, when I get the guys I really want, I can maybe get them for $14 instead of $20. So that's the kind of thing. It's really important you set a basic strategy in advance of the auction, though, and kind of lay out roughly what you want to spend at each position, for each position group. Like, say, I want to spend $85 on my running backs and $90 on my receivers or whatever you want to do. So just you, you have a rough idea of a plan. That way it keeps you from getting too far out of line and ending up getting stuck way off line from what you really wanted to do. And the last tip I'll give for an auction league is that, remember, you don't have to buy your starters first. In a regular draft, normally you're going to draft guys, you know, if you draft a running back in the round three, you like him more than a running back you draft in round seven, more than likely. So that's probably going to be your starters, uh, the first two running backs, the first three receivers you draft. In an auction, it doesn't have to be that way. If you get a, a guy that's a value for you that's probably going to be your third or fourth running back, you get him for 5 or $6 early, um, and you get your high-dollar guys later, that's perfectly okay. Find value whenever it arrives in the auction and be ready to jump on it. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to let everyone know that we do have three very uh, uh, detailed uh, draft strategy, auction draft strategy articles in our draft guide, one, one that just goes over uh, three recently held auction drafts. Uh, uh, Whitney Sorrell is our new auction guy, one of our new auction guys in, in the site. And uh, he just went to three drafts. And, and so he, you want to know how much people are paying for Todd Gurley and all. He's got all those numbers and such. It's really good reading. It's, it's once again, it's worth the almost the price of the guy there alone if you're playing in multiple auction leagues to know exactly what people are paying for these types of guys across the board. Anyway, a couple of final tips here in terms of what, what about buys, Chris? Uh, do, you, do you ignore them or do you ignore them early in your draft or what? what What's the, what's, what's the situation there? I definitely ignore them early in the draft. I simply get the best guy I think fits my roster needs at, my, at that slot. I use bye weeks as a tiebreaker after round one if I have two guys rated totally equal. You know, if I've got – I'm picking a running back two in round two and he's got the same bye week as round one, I'll avoid him if I've got another running back two that I like just as much with a different bye week. So it's a tiebreaker. You know, and then the, I, about round five or six, I start to look at my bye weeks, and if I've got a ton of guys on the same bye after five or six rounds – one year I actually deliberately said, okay, I'm just going to load up that bye week, and I'll just basically eat that week. And you know what? I went 13-1 and one that year. You want to guess which week I lost? <laughs> That's okay. Yep. Uh, I, the week, you're, yep. 
Yep, your full strength the rest of the week. So there's a lot of ways you can get around it, but bye weeks really only become critical when you're looking at backups for positions like quarterback and tight end. Um, if you're only carrying two quarterbacks, making sure they have different bye weeks is crucial, or otherwise you're going to have to waste the roster spot to pick up a third one later. Um, there, there's a recent article I just wrote on, for your site to, to help you match up quarterbacks with the bye week, for example. That's a way of looking at it. I always think it's really important to have a list of bye weeks on your cheat sheet to help you decide what you need for those backups. And you should also have a schedule grid handy at the draft so you can check matchups for that one-week wonder, bi-week fill-in at quarterback and tight end especially, I think. There you go. I agree completely with that. Uh, by the way, uh, do you think you should draft back a backup kicker and or backup defense or uh, punt on that and uh, just draft one and uh, go for other sleepers? Absolutely. In fact, I only think you should carry one kicker in defense, and I think you should use your last two picks on it. And in auction, you shouldn't pay more than a minimum for either one of them. There's no risk. There's another article on the site that talks about that. You know, I'm, I feel very strongly about it. The big thing is, and to me, I think if possible, you want to make sure your kicker and your defense, since you're only carrying one, they have different bye weeks. So you only have to drop one roster spot to pick up um, the, the replacement. If they have different bye weeks, you can drop that same roster spot. Ideally, if you have consecutive weeks, you can pick up, say, for example, a kicker for the bye week. You drop that backup kicker. You pick up a defense for the next bye week, and you drop that one. You never have to worry about it again. Streaming this position is a very viable option. It's really easy to do and, frankly, my preference, uh, if at all possible. Okay. Do you have any uh, Dynasty League drafting tips at all to share? Yeah, I, I think the one thing is, is that when you're looking for a Dynasty League, you obviously look for the, the young talent with the best future potential. You know, you're not going to take a guy that you think could bust like anyone else. But I think sometimes people for Dynasty Leagues look for youth too much, and, they, and they, they'll trade a perfectly valid guy in the prime of his career for a young guy, they think, oh, I'm going to get nine years out of this guy, but I'm only going to get four more out of this guy. Yeah, but it's four Pro Bowl years. That's okay. You know, don't, don't, don't give up a championship today. I'm pretty sure that if you got the title this year, that doesn't go away. It's always on your record. So don't, don't get too engrossed in the future and always looking for potential and never actually get, get that brass ring. So do, look for the future, but don't dwell on the future, I think, is my big key for Dynasty League. Yep. I agree with you there totally. But we want to remind everyone that a premium package purchase uh, at, at FF Mastermind also gets you free access to our premium subscriber forum where nearly 4,000 subscribers are registered waiting to voice their opinions. Uh, I, I uh, played in the draft USFL, which is our subscriber, official subscriber fantasy league, and uh, we, we left all of our draft pick analysis on there, and we just razz each other and such, and it's, it's good. It's cool. It's a very, uh, very tough thing to, to draft against uh, the players that, that when they know who you like and who you don't like. Uh, I've always had trouble playing uh, against these guys when we used to play in the Masters Vegas League, but uh, I'm really looking forward to playing against them this year. Anyway, uh, that's uh, time. Time's up here. So uh, thanks for joining us for Chris Rito. This is Mike Nazarek. See you all next week when we kick off our in-season coverage with our Week One fantasy preview. Yep, picks to clicks and picks to flick is coming back. Good night and good luck to everyone still drafting this week. And uh, guess what, baby? Football is back. Football, baby. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host. Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.